Welcome to Topics in Endurance Sports. I'm your host, Tim. Today is Thursday, August 5th, 2021. I am in the middle of a podcast challenge called the Dog Days of Podcasting, during which I and some other podcasters try to do an episode a day every day for the month of August. As such, I am doing a series of episodes on isotopes. This has nothing whatsoever to do with endurance sports. So if you're not interested, feel free to skip it. I do have uh, some endurance episodes that should be coming up fairly soon, hopefully. We'll see. We'll see if I get one out in August. Anyway, I am on day five now. And along with me, by the way, there are a bunch of others doing this, probably a dozen or so. You can subscribe to the Dog Days of Podcasting feed and listen to everyone's episode. They range from a couple of minutes to maybe 20 minutes or something like that. And you can always do fast forward. I mean, uh, like double speed or one and a half speed if you like. I have so far listened to every single episode and I'm enjoying them very much. All types of different topics. Okay, anyway, day five. Uh, the first four days, we've been talking about kind of the basically got into what an atom is and what isotopes are. Today, I'm going to talk about stable versus radioactive isotopes. Another term for radioactive is unstable. So anytime I say unstable, it means radioactive and vice versa. So you now know that for every element, there is a set of natural isotopes, even if that set consists of just one isotope, as in the case of F19, fluorine 19, or P31, phosphorus 31. Some elements have two natural isotopes, some have three, some have more. By natural, I mean the, what we would naturally find here on Earth, which isotopes would, be, would we naturally find, as opposed to being synthetically created in a laboratory. It is a little bit more complicated, though, than that just the set of isotopes. It turns out that some of these isotopes are stable and some are not. By stable, it means they happily exist pretty much forever. And I'm going to parse what that means maybe in the next episode or the one after that. But let's just go with they happily will live forever if they are stable. Some isotopes live forever. They're very happy. Some isotopes are unstable. They will eventually decompose or fall apart or as the physicists say, they will decay into other particles or into uh, electromagnetic radiation as well. It can give off energy in that way. So some of them will decay. They fall apart. These are unstable isotopes or radioactive isotopes. Most isotopes that are naturally found here on Earth are stable. This makes total sense, right? Because if an isotope was unstable or radioactive, they're going to tend to fall apart and go away over time. They're going to decay and as the years and centuries and eons progress, there's going to be less and less and less of that isotope. So there's going to be less of the radioactive isotopes than there are of the stable isotopes. Unstable isotopes can decay slowly or quickly. We'll get into that more later as well. Actually, I'll jump ahead and say that some can decay in microseconds 
Yes, very quickly. Some will take like 10 to the 20th years to decay. And exactly what I mean by that is, is I'm going to get to it in just a moment. Uh, really heavy elements seem to be naturally unstable. So beyond uh, actually lead, uh, all elements are unstable. Okay, we'll get to that a little bit more also in the next day or two. This is probably a good thing, right? Because what if really gigantic monster uh, elements, isotopes, were stable? Well, the whole universe might just ball up into a big nucleus. That would be bad. And then we wouldn't have all the diverse light elements that we know of. So it's kind of good, I guess, that the really, really, really heavy ones just tend to fall apart. They don't tend to want to be created in the first place. The measure of how quickly radioactive isotopes decay is called an isotope's half-life. Quite possibly you learned about half-lives at some point. It's not just uh, something to do with only radioactive decay. It can be applied to other phenomena as well. But in this case, we're talking about how fast isotopes decay. So a half-life half is a little bit strange. It's the time it takes for half of a sample of atoms to decay. So for example, what if an isotope has a half-life of one hour and you have 1,000 of them in your hand. So you got 1,000 atoms in your hand. They're all the same isotope and you're told their half-life is one hour. Well, after one hour, you're gonna have 500 left. That makes sense, right? You start with 1,000, after an hour you have 500 because the half-life is one hour. All 500 of them fell apart and decayed. They went away, okay? What about after two hours? Do you think you'll have zero? No, that's where you won't have zero. That's where it kind of breaks down until you think about it. After two hours, you'll have 250. After three hours, 125. Every hour that you progress, you have the number you began that hour with. So if you start with 1,000, after an hour you have 500, but that 500 is your starting point for the next hour. So an hour later, 250. That 250 is the starting point for the next hour. After another hour, 125. So that's how a half-life uh, works. Uh, and, and that's what they use to measure the stability of isotopes. So here are some examples. If you recall, hydrogen has three isotopes. Hydrogen 1, 99.99%. Almost all hydrogen is hydrogen 1. It is stable. Hydrogen 2 is 0.1%. Almost all of the rest, it is stable. Hydrogen 3, there's just a trace of it. It is unstable. It is radioactive. Uh, the half-life of hydrogen-3 is 12.3 years. So if you have a sample of hydrogen-3 in your hand, after 12.3 years, you would have half as much. By the way, the hydrogen isotopes are the only ones I know that have their own unique names. Hydrogen-1 is just hydrogen. Hydrogen-2 is deuterium. Hydrogen-3 is tritium. So tritium is the radioactive one. Hydrogen-1 and deuterium are stable. You may have heard of deuterium and tritium. It is not trivial to try to predict which ones, which isotopes in general are stable and which ones are not. It can be to some extent. There's kind of rules that predict 
stability. The experts can do this, but I don't really do that myself. That's just a regular chemist. I just, I can look it up. So, or I have some kind of memorized just over time. Uh, let's do another example, carbon. Like hydrogen, carbon has three isotopes. Carbon-12 is 98.9% of all carbon. It is stable. Carbon-13 is about 1.1%. It is stable. Carbon-14, there's just a trace of it. It is radioactive. Its half-life is 5,730 years. By the way, it's just a coincidence that hydrogen and carbon both have this real similar pattern. They have uh, one isotope that there's a lot of, another one there's a little bit of, and they're both stable, and then a trace of one that is radioactive. A real coincidence that H and C are the same way. I just bring them up a lot because they're very important in biology. Uh, I did bring up C11 the other day. Uh, it's not natural. It's synthetic. It's made up of six protons and five neutrons. Its half-life is just 20 minutes. And again, there's a real important use for C11. Phosphorus, I brought that up before, has just one isotope, P31. It is stable. It's the only isotope of phosphorus. Again, you could probably make synthetic uh, radioactive phosphorus if you wanted. Uranium, that's an important one. There are two uh, major isotopes of, of uranium, U235. 0.72% of all uranium is U-235. The half-life for U-235 is 10 to the 8th years, 100 million years. U U-238 is 92.3% of all uranium. Most uranium is U-238. Its half-life is 10 to the 9th years. Both isotopes of uranium are radioactive. Fortunately... It's the U-235 that needs to be used to make atomic bombs, though, and it's only 0.72%. I say fortunately because uh, that makes atomic bombs really difficult to make. And it's part of the reason uh, not everyone can just make one in their basement. To get a little bit ahead of things, uh, here's a question for you. If C-14 has a half-life of just 5,730 years because that's what I told you, shouldn't it all be gone by now? The age of the Earth is 4.5 billion years. So if C-14 has a half-life of 5,730 years, it should have all decayed by now. If that's your thinking, good thinking. You actually make completely good sense. Yes, all of the carbon-14 that was here when the Earth was made, it's gone. It went away. The thing is, though, new C-14 is being produced. If I just said C-13, I meant C-14. So C-14 is the radioactive, unstable isotope of C of carbon. It's constantly being produced in our atmosphere. We may go over that chemistry later. So some isotopes uh, you'd think would be all gone by now. The only reason they exist is there's a means of production, a natural means of production uh, for them to keep getting remade. So that's why there's a trace of C-14 around. Uh, also, we're going to learn that synthetic nuclear reactions, for example, atomic bombs, have altered some of the isotope content on Earth. Our atmosphere now has a different isotope content than it used to have because of atomic bombs and also burning fossil fuels has made a big difference as well. Okay, this was a little bit longer. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Back at you tomorrow.